Welcome back to the Living Ever Now podcast. My name is Will. My name is Jake. And today I want to talk about thinking like an athlete. And what that means essentially is Usain Bolt, my guy, slept almost 10 hours a night for the majority of his running career. Wow. And his diet was dialed in. His new, you know, his micronutrients were dialed in. His sleep was dialed in. His recovery was dialed in. Every aspect of his life was optimized to be the best at running possible. Okay. And that's a pretty common story in professional sports. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm privy, yeah. You know, like LeBron spending millions or a million dollars a year, Russell Wilson spending a million dollars a year on their bodies. Yeah. Totally, totally get it. And, and basically they dedicate a far greater percentage of their energy into being good at what they do than the average person. And sort of holistically, right? Like in every area of their life, they're kind of catering to this one goal. Yeah. So they will invest money into their mental game, even though like football is a physical game. But, totally. You know, it has a mental aspect as well. A hundred percent. And everything they do essentially is trying to be good at this one thing. Cool. Uh, and the mental model I got from Chris Williamson is essentially using that same uh, wholesale approach to what it is you want to be good at and applying that to things that are not just professional sports. So what would it look like if me as a computer programmer, instead of dedicating 10% of my time to being a good computer programmer, dedicated 60% of my time to be a good computer mm-hmm. programmer? Yeah, that's really interesting. I'm I'm already trying to think of the practical applications for music. I think it's I think it's probably uh, really interesting. I wonder if it's a uh, doable. I think there there's some good reasons why it's easier to do that in sports. Yeah. The, the first one is just because it's easier to practice sports than it is to practice some abstract mental task. Right. You could practice a golf putt, um, you know, a million times. You can break down a physical game into components much easier than you can break down, you know, writing a song or whatever. Like you can, there's no drills for writing a song. Yeah. And like, you don't need to be like inspired to go do putt, putt practice. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like you just show up and you do your putt practice. Yeah. Now inspiration might get you to the, uh, uh, practice range, but I don't, I, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. It, it's not a, I, I guess there's still burnout, but but it's just burnout in other ways. Yeah, and it's also just fits, like almost strictly physical. It's a lot more physically dominant, at mm-hmm. least for sure, and and that has a very clear tank, whereas your like kind of theoretical output mm-hmm. doesn't have su- such a clear tank. I feel like. Yeah, I, it just seems a little bit more abstract. You're yeah, right. Yeah, but I mean, throwing myself under the bus here a little bit. I I say that I care about, you know, being a podcaster for a living every now or having a good podcast, but the only time I ever practice speaking is during this podcast. Yeah, same. And that's like being a soccer player and the only time you practice soccer is during the game. Yeah, like, you're right. It, it just is kind of an insane way to try to get good at something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And if it's something that I care about being good at, like programming or speaking or writing, it is definitely worth my effort to try and force it into some more manageable framework so that there are drills for speaking. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not as linear as drills for basketball, which 
you know, if you practice your three pointer enough times, you're going to get better at a three pointer. Right. It, it's not as clear when you're doing something like speaking, but there's probably something that's close enough where you can treat your craft like it's a sport, like you're a professional. Mm-hmm. I, I struggle with, cause I feel like in knowledge work, we often do a couple of different things too. Like we kind of are spread a lot more thin than athletes because they have such a hyper focus on one thing. Like Usain Bolt runs one event. It's a hundred mm-hmm. meters. He knows what he has to do. Mm-hmm. It's a hundred meters. And that's what he practices. Right. But you know, you're writing, you're speaking, you're doing podcasts, you're doing your programming. You have to like, I don't know, have relationships in your life. And and these people do too. I don't yeah, want to take still away. fathers and stuff. I, yeah. I want I don't want to take away from them, but I definitely think they have a little bit more liberty, especially because of their platform too. Like once you get to a certain level, it's expected that you spend all this time doing this. And maybe we need to re reevaluate our culture and, and, you know, have a different expectation for how we set our time towards things. But I, what I'm getting yeah. at is, is we're, we're spread a little bit more thin seemingly as far as focus. How do we combat that? And how do we apply the athletic mindset to kind of, a lot of different things. And I know, I know I'm talking about once there's, I know the argument for specialization. I'm not talking about specialization versus working on a lot of different things. Like I'm talking about, you have a, a, a particular skill set, like a very, very small skill set. How do you focus on those things? I think it's exactly what you said. It's defining the goal. Usain Bolt runs the hundred meters. He knows exactly what that means. He can measure progress in his hundred meter time super easily. Mm-hmm. Um, with something like writing, it writing is super broad. There's a million different ways to write. There's a million different ways to be good at writing. Mm-hmm. There's not super direct metrics if you are a good writer that tell you your writing is good. If you're getting better at writing, that's more of a feel thing than something you can measure. Mm-hmm. So I think a good step is to define what it is you're doing a little bit better. So if your example is writing instead of trying to be the best writer and leaving it at that, you could try to be the best in the world at progressive summarization um, and having that be your specific kind of writing that you do. And that gives you a clear framework for how to improve in summarization or um, choose a very specific kind of you know, poetry or whatever. And I guess constrain the problem as much as possible in a way that allows you to measure progress more easily. Hmm. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm, I, don't, I was just, I, the reason I was humming is because I couldn't figure out how I apply that to music quite yet, but I'm going to, I'm going to keep listening. So sorry. Yeah. Uh, music, I, I mean, I don't think is as difficult to apply this to as it initially seems because there are professional musicians who act very similar to professional um, sports players, like, cause they, there's drills you can do for piano. You just play guitar. You yeah. just play piano. And yeah, yeah. Th- they have compartmentalized music down into this one specific thing that mm-hmm. is very measurable. Yeah, yeah. And you see that you know concert pianists practice like they're professional athletes. Right, right. I think that's kind of the difference, right? For something that I'm trying to do is like, there's so much that I kind of have to wrap my mm-hmm. arms around to be able to do to yeah. put a whole body of work together. Mm-hmm. It's it's like I could practice you know, storyboarding visuals, mm-hmm. you know, and that's still part of this mission. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it makes it a little abstract. I, I think maybe 
putting those in sprints might be interesting though. Like maybe yeah, like for like taking times and intentionally trying to get better at guitar. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. yeah. Or just getting better at drum programming, mm-hmm. just getting better at uh, composition and a mix yeah. or something like that. I don't know. So I think at the end of the day, it's just about how you talk to yourself about these goals. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. okay. So I got a, a question for you and I want to see how intuitive this is. Okay. Uh, if you worked eight hours a day, five days a week, how many years would it take f- before you got to 10,000 hours, before you reached that mastery level? Oh, if I work 40 hours a week at it? 40 hours a week. Oh, it's like uh, 17 years, 10 years? Five years. Five years, okay. Yeah. I did the math the other day. That's the only reason I had any sort of inkling, and I, not that I got it right at all, <laughs> but I was doing the math for somebody that, has a full-time job and is trying to pursue mastery mm-hmm. and it takes like 17 years if you work uh three hours a day or sorry one hour a day like if and you don't take weekends c- off yeah counting yeah. counting vacations everything i averaged one hour a day mm-hmm. it takes like 17 years so you gotta yeah you gotta put the gas on <laughs> you gotta work yeah. a little bit more <laughs> so that's exactly what this mental model is pointing out that if uh-huh. you treat yourself like an athlete and the thing that you want to be good at is the thing you spend the majority of your time doing, you can actually make progress pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, and it is not uncommon at all for a professional athlete to spend eight hours a day trying to become a better athlete. But even if someone is doing a job in the field that they want to be good at, how many hours of an average person's day job are they actually doing work that is making them better at their job. Like maybe they're getting their 10,000 hours in, but most of the time they're sitting there looking at Facebook at their job. Three hours probably, I would say two to three. And you still get pretty good at it at that pace because, you know, 5,000 hours, you're still going to be pretty good at something. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But what if you, essentially, what if you actually tried to be good at something? Like what if you dedicated your life to actually trying to be good at something? Yeah. And in knowledge work, that's uncommon for some reason because sitting down at a desk for 12 hours at a time, eight hours at a time is really difficult. But you, a few days ago, showed me yeah. the idea of uh, study with me live streams where yeah. students will spend 12 hours a day. There's one guy, James Schultz or whatever his name is. Yeah, yeah. He spent every single day for over a year studying 12 hours a day. Shout out to Wakes him. up at 3 a.m. and just sits there at his desk doing Pomodoros for 12 hours. Yeah, 50, 10 Pomodoros, by the way. Like that's that's insane, and it completely laughs in the face of like how hard I think I work. Yeah, like I say I care about being a good programmer. I say I care about being a podcaster or you know being a generative person, but I really don't. If you look at what I do day to day, yeah, not at all. Yeah, like your actions Mm -hmm. speak louder than your words. Yeah, and there's a real conversation to be had around burnout and ways to avoid that. Ways to be smart about getting your 10,000 hours in as fast as possible and making those hours count. Mm -hmm. So I think we can get into a little bit about how to avoid burnout. But essentially, I think it just comes down to get good sleep, have a good diet, exercise, meditate, like have a well-balanced life Mm -hmm. that will support your intensity in this one specific area. Yeah, I think that's great. I think that's a really great way to think about all the other kind of auxiliary things that you do with your life. Like... I'm doing all these to make sure I'm ready to do the work. Like, I like that. I like that approach. Because mm-hmm. that's kind of what we're doing, but I don't think about it like that. I think about just trying to be a good human, like a good version of myself. 
But I think if I thought about that more, I'd probably spend more time doing thing I want to be doing. Yeah. If you, I guess success or at least ability, Mm -hmm. I think is directly correlated to how much time you spend trying to be good at it. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Like something as simple as like playing billiards or pool. Mm -hmm. If you spend a thousand hours doing it, you're going to be better than you were at hour one. Yeah. And if you're good at practicing, learning is a skill. Practicing is a skill. If you're good at doing that, it's just a matter of putting in the time before you become a master. And even if you only work four hours a day, if you spend actually four hours a day, that's 10 years to become a master, you could become a master in a new thing, quote unquote master, every mm-hmm. single decade. Yeah. So, you know, by the time you're 70, that's pretty damn good. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. I feel like the practicality of actually getting four hours to, you know, be able to spend on something, especially when it's not your job, mm-hmm. is really difficult. It totally is. I've, yeah. I've been time blocking trying to find room to make music. Like music's all I want to do with my life, mm-hmm. right? And well, not all I want to do, but it's it's like the main thing. And it's hard to find time to do it in the week right now, mm-hmm. like with my new job and stuff. Uh, got, got the job, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so I'm working that out still. And then there's definitely like a balance of having a new job and, you know, trying to show face and do certain things. Things mellow it out after a while. You can kind of like hide where you can mm-hmm, yeah like these are the grinds of trying to get a, become a master in something that isn't your real job um but there's a lot of good things that come from the job too that support that dream you know so it's mm. it's just it's just tough but yeah I, I i was just trying to kind of put the gas pedal on myself the other day when i was doing those calculations like how how long does it actually take to get ten thousand hours as a musician when you have a 40-hour work week i was like you better not work a fucking second over 40 hours buddy you better get the fuck out of there and get Mm -hmm. back to your crib and make some music yeah uh i would say though like you you can get like noticeably better at music and i and i I, even though it's so abstract like i feel noticeably better at writing for example because of practicing writing and I feel noticeably better at delivery. That's one aspect, but delivery by practicing delivering on my microphone, same thing with production noticeably better and everything just becomes easier to do as good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You get better at stuff where you spend your effort. I was going to say, yeah, it's like, it's like almost as uh, transcendent as billiards. Like you spend a thousand hours on billiards. When you brought that up, I mm-hmm. kind of went off, but I wanted to, touch that again yeah i i like this saying i don't know who said it but the seeds grow where you water them oh that's great essentially like you're gonna get good at whatever it is you do yeah you just have to choose what it is you're gonna do if the thing you're choosing to get good at is watching youtube right you're gonna get really good at watching youtube (laughs) yeah like you're gonna be watching that shit on three times speed yeah like you're gonna be really good at youtube but like is that what you want to be good at right yeah yeah. uh play stupid games win stupid prizes and yes and uh, first things first, the whole point was to get your identity in a place where this is what I do so that you do it more. Mm-hmm. And that's why is because what you water is what grows. Mm-hmm. It's still so hard though. Yeah, man. Like I, I told you, like music's why I wake up mm-hmm. and I have to find time to do it. That's yeah. crazy, you know? Why Even, is it so hard? It's something I want it's to do. It's hard to keep it in the front of your mind that, like this is why you wake up. I know. When, most of the days when you wake up, it's like, oh shit, I kind of just want to sleep some more. Yeah, yeah, for real. That's yeah. why. That's why I like the first things first thing, but I haven't mm. figured out a way to 
get that under wraps. Yeah, uh, something I have in my notes is for avoiding burnout. Probably one of the best things you can do is just have a strong purpose. And if that thing that gets you out of bed every day is in the front of your mind, a, a strong purpose of why you're doing the boring shit, why you're spending time practicing this thing that might not feel like it's going to make a lot of progress. There's this analogy that if two planes take off from LA, both headed towards New York, and one of them is off by only two degrees, over the course of that flight across the country, one of them will end up in New York City, the other one will end up in DC. So even though it's only a two degree shift, like to the naked eye, two degrees is almost imperceptible. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, think about a circle, two degrees is tiny. Yeah. But if you compound that change long enough, the things that you're doing in your daily life, they don't feel like they have an impact. Right. But when you do them for 10 years, they have a huge impact. Yeah, seriously. It, it just doesn't feel like that because we can only experience ourselves now. Mm-hmm. But who we are now is just a measure of the habits we had last month and the month before that and the year before that. And the person we're going to be in 10 years is just a measure of the habits we have now and the habits we have tomorrow and the habits we have next year. So it, I think it's really just a matter of reminding yourself that the long term is more important than the short term. I know you're going to talk about that eventually. Yeah. 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 Cause that's part of what we're doing at living every now too. I think it might be the core thing. It just, wasn't obvious at first Mm -hmm. like as long as you always prioritize future you over current you unless you're an idiot you can't fail (laughs) (laughs) but that's that's hard to do is not be an idiot (laughs) yeah well yeah i mean if you can get to that point you're you're probably pretty good already yeah yeah. you know even if you're a dummy you'll probably end up at least being famous or something if you're an idiot <laughs> but you're really dedicated you'll at least be successful it just might not be and inspirational right if anything yeah it would be gary vaynerchuk <laughs> is what we're saying <laughs> that dude is dedicated as hell but what is going on inside his mind oh wow i didn't know we were taking shots today no i just really hate gary vaynerchuk <laughs> <laughs> i used to like watch his stuff religiously i mean he's entertaining for sure he's definitely is entertaining but yeah once the veil was lifted i was like oh <laughs> okay, well, I have one more thing for avoiding burnout. Um, I know we talked about this a few episodes ago, um, but you are best served if you never feel like you're forcing something. Yes. So there's, Especially in creativity. Exactly. So I want to reiterate that. <laughs> there's this fine line between monotasking and multitasking where you want to be as focused on one thing as possible, but as soon as you get stuck, you want to switch to something else so that you never have that negative feedback in your loop where you feel like you're banging your head against the wall trying to get this creative thing out or mm-hmm. um, you, you never get stuck and you have enough, a good enough productivity system that as soon as you do get stuck, you can work on something else that's productive instead of you know, distracting yourself and going down a YouTube rabbit hole. Mm -hmm. Um, This is something I've done naturally for a very long time now. mm -hmm. And I think it's been advantageous, but yeah. What does it look like for you? Well, that's honestly how Living Every Now was born. Because it was like, I need to spend my time doing other things. Yeah. So creatively still so that I can, you know, because music just doesn't work sometimes. Mm -hmm. Like I can be, I can be Daniel Caesar good. 
and still have a frustrating day in the studio. Yeah. And, you know, like you're saying, I'd like to reduce the, the feeling as much as possible. So having other things to do, um, you know, I can, do, I found a lot of other things to do in music too, but, uh, having like a creative outlet, like living every now has been exceptional, exceptional for like my mindset, at least. Mm-hmm. I don't know about helping me get the most work done for music, but it has helped me probably be more sustainable in my approach. Yeah. There, there's a really interesting discussion to be had about how many projects is the right amount of projects. Yeah. Because you obviously can't have too many because yeah. then you're going to do a bad job. But if you have too few, you know, then you're going to get fixated. You're not going to be able to step back and see the holistic perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just not as growth-oriented because I think things grow faster when they have multiple overlapping audience streams at least when it comes to a audience-based growth like joe rogan Uh, has his comedy and his podcast and and like the jujitsu stuff yeah or the ufc stuff so he's big because he can switch to all these different things which compound in their own silos but the crosstalk between them is also the main thing driving the growth of just joe rogan that's pretty true yeah yeah it would be a hack to get your whole like system set up that way if it if it were to work That'd be cool. Yeah, and it probably probably was intentional at some level. Probably, yeah. Like, essentially, Joe Rogan's good at talking, so he found other things that he could talk in and then mm-hmm. did those. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I hear, I don't know, I feel weird about this in music, though, because, like, I don't like doing other things in music, like playing guitar for somebody or doing mm-hmm. like that. Like, I like making my songs. <laughs> like, I want to do that kind of the only thing. Um, yeah. So it's, like, hard for me to extend to other areas. But what I can see is making maybe, like, a sample pack or, like, making selling sample packs or, um, you know, making articles based yeah. off of learnings from them. You know, that's, it has to be genuine at the end of the day, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I don't want to talk about Joe Rogan too much, but obviously he really enjoys UFC. He really enjoys comedy and he really enjoys his podcast. So right. none of it is forced. Mm-hmm. He, he kind of is able to do things he still enjoys. So he's not like, you know, playing guitar on someone else's song just because, oh, this will make me better. Right. He like loves every second of it. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And that's, I want to fill my life with that as much as possible too. Yeah. 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 Awesome. Well, that was uh, it for uh, Chris Williamson's little mental model. I love it. I'm, I'm excited to kind of reevaluate myself. I feel like I reevaluate myself every Saturday when we record. I tell myself I'm going to reevaluate myself, but then I never do. <laughs> it was just the same old me every damn week. I had a cute little self-reflection this morning. Oh, cute. Yeah. Nice. It was cute. A little coffee shop reflection. Yeah. Nice. I looked right in the mirror for like four hours. Oh, wow. A little reflection. A little, <laughs> a little one. <laughs> Where can they find us on the internet, Jake? <laughs> um, they can find us at liveinnerynow.com, liveinnerynow.com, all one word. Uh, because you can't use spaces online. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, you, uh, in on Instagram and Twitter, and we have a Discord with lots of cool features that we'd love for you to join. We have a, a productivity session, work with me, study with me, whatever you want to do. Um, listen to some cool lo-fi study hip-hop beats every Monday night from 6 to 8. Love to see you there. Um, request an invite or click the link in our bio. Uh, both work fine for us. And uh, yeah. Thanks for bringing this episode up, man. It was was a pleasure. It was indeed. Thanks, guys. (laughs) Bye.